Good morning, gamers. Welcome back to the Gaming Reassembled Podcast. I'm your host, Super Saiyan Ginger. And unfortunately, this week I do not have Sightsee with me. Um, just to go ahead and address a few things, we did not release an episode last week. Um, Sightsee actually has had some computer difficulties. His power supply blew out on him. And he expected to be up and running this week. Unfortunately, that's just not going to be the case. Um, right now, we don't know when to expect him to be back. So for the time being, the show is just going to be ran by me. So yeah, um, I'm going to do things a little bit differently this week. Um, there's not a whole lot of actual news to talk about per se. So I'm actually going to be splitting up the way we do things a little bit differently so i have a couple little tidbits i want to go over and then from there we're just going to jump straight into everything game related and then we're actually going to end with um console discussion because truth be told that's the biggest thing going on in the gaming industry this week and so that's what i'll spend majority of our time talking about so to kick things off, first up, we have AMD Smart Access Memory Support comes to both B450 and X470 motherboards. So for those of y'all who don't know, AMD released their 5000 series processors. And with that, they released something called Smart Access Memory, which allows the CPU to access all of the memory available on their GPU. Typically, this combo only worked with a 5000 series processor and AMD's latest 6000 series graphics cards. But a few third-party developers have actually gone ahead and released support for it on their B450 and X470 motherboards. Those go out to Gigabyte, Asus, MSI and um, ASRock as well. So if you're using a 400 series motherboard and want to use the latest smart access memory technology, then look for the AGESA version 2.1.0 in BIOS from your motherboard's manufacturer. If they have that update, you will be able to access the smart access memory. Next up, GeForce Now streaming service is available on iOS devices. So for those of y'all who don't know, NVIDIA actually has a streaming service to where you can play games you own on your phone. Um, it's super cool. It's been out on Android for, I want to say, a couple, few weeks now. It actually just released on iOS earlier last week. So something definitely super cool ios members actually have a little bit harder time accessing it than android just because of the way iphones operate on android you actually just download the um geforce now app on iphone you actually have to go to the website and then from the website add it to your home screen so it's not an official quote-unquote app per se but it is still a way that you can stream your games on your iPhone. So definitely something super cool. And then on the topic of streaming, Xbox is supposedly saying that their xCloud streaming could be coming to smart TVs within the next 12 months. And this news comes directly from Phil Spencer when he was asked about the possibility of an Xbox streaming app for TVs, which he replied, 
end quote. I think you're going to see that within the next 12 months. So for those of y'all who don't know, um, Xbox actually used to have their own version of a Chromecast. It was an Xbox branded basically TV stick. You plug it in, you can stream straight to it. So basically what this sounds like is they are going to have their own TV streaming service, which will be interesting as i mean there's just so many streaming apps right now that are out there i just don't see xbox being a competitor but then again i mean it's a hot marketplace right now so only time can really tell on that one so yeah like i said we didn't have a lot of really new information on things to discuss that's going to wrap up the tidbit section so we're just going to hop straight into the games first up Animal Crossing New Horizons is the most successful Japanese Nintendo release since 2006's Super Mario Bros. Um, only a total of five games have reached this mark, Animal Crossing taking the uh, number one spot. And honestly, it makes sense. I mean, I, we've mentioned this before in previous episodes, but there is not a game that has capitalized on a market better than animal crossing has and honestly that is due to the pandemic like that is due to factors outside of just animal crossing being the game it is it released at a time where everybody was basically held inside their homes like they needed something to do and boom animal cross was there for them so to see this game just blowing up the way it is isn't surprising given the circumstances but for me and i'm speaking personally here it is surprising given the type of game it is because at the end of the day it is just a simulator game there's not to me there's not a whole lot of real content you just redecorate your island over and over and over and truthfully i don't see the big appeal or why this game has gotten so much craze but i mean hey there's a game out there for everybody this one just isn't for me animal crossing has sold over 26 million copies set September 30th, 2020. That is absolutely wild. This article comes from Destructoid, and I'm going to quote the article here exactly just because I personally don't have these numbers pulled up. I haven't done the full research here, but it says, as Game Data Library points out, it is the fastest selling game in Japanese history. It only took seven months to reach that figure as well, while Pokemon Gold and Silver attained that honor in 13 months, followed by Pokemon Red, Green, Blue in 26 months. New Super Mario Bros. took four and a half years, and Super Mario Bros. projected in four years. So this game has outdone Super Mario Bros., New Super Mario Bros., Red, Green, and Blue Pokemon, along with Pokemon Gold and Silver as well. That's wild, just considering I know the hype behind Pokemon, and for, yeah, no, that's just crazy. So, shout out Animal Crossing for hitting a very successful feat in my book. That's, I'm impressed. Up next, we have Red Dead Redemption Online is set to be released as its own game in December. Now... Um, Rockstar's game will make Red Dead Redemption's 2 multiplayer component, Red Dead Online, available as a standalone game come December 1st, the company announced on Tuesday. Red Dead Online will launch 
at $4.99, which is a 75% discount. Available until February 15th on PlayStation 4, Windows PC, via the Epic Games Store, Rockstar Games Launcher, and Steam. And it will be on Xbox One as well. The console version will be playable on the PlayStation 5 and Xbox Series X via backwards compatibility. Red Dead Online will require up to 123 gigabytes of storage. And players will have the option to purchase Red Dead Redemption 2's story mode separately um, through an upgrade. So that's super cool that they are releasing that as a standalone game at a discounted cost as well. I definitely feel that's something we're going to be seeing a lot more of as so single, traditionally single player games, I should say. Um, start coming out with multiplayer aspects. I definitely think it is best for them to release that as a separate entity. So it's super cool that Red Dead Online is joining that trend as well. And especially at a 75% discount. Which again only goes until February 15th. On the topic of games coming out on next gen consoles. We have Rainbow Six Siege. So that is coming out next week on the PS5 and Xbox Series X, and it's having two modes added to it as their quote-unquote next-gen update. The first is a performance mode, which will allow your game to operate at 120 FPS, but caps it out at, um, oh boy, uh, 1080p, I want to say. And then the resolution mode will allow it to operate at 4K at 60 FPS. Honestly, if you're going to play Rainbow Six Siege and you're playing it to win, obviously, you're going to use the performance mode. The resolution isn't going to help you as much as the frame rates are. But super cool that they are giving you two options there. Up next, we have Dead by Daylight. The creators of Dead by Daylight are thinking of other projects at this time and currently have no sequel plans. So this has actually been popping up pretty recently that there won't be another sequel for Dead by Daylight or a sequel in general. The um, studio has came out and said they are they, they want to move on. They, they've told their story there. They're, they don't feel they have any juice left to give them give the Dead by Daylight fans um, a true proper continuation that the series deserves. And because of it, they are wanting to move on to something else and try their hand at a different game, which honestly... It's the way to go. Um, I know a lot of game studios will try and milk their cash cow for as long as possible. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Um, personally, I'm just not the biggest fan of franchise games. Dead by Daylight fans, I'm sorry another game won't be coming your way, but I definitely look forward to seeing what the studio has to offer in their next game. I was going to say installment, but... They're not installing another one into the Dead by Daylight franchise. Up next, Resident Evil 8 will be a meteor and fantastic. Capcom expects it to sell 11 million copies. So that's bold for Capcom to just come out and say, oh yeah, this is what we expect our game to sell. Because now they just set the standard for their game. If it doesn't sell 11 million copies, it failed. If it sells 11 million copies, they did what they expected, so average. And if it sells more than 11 million copies, obviously the game was 
way better than people anticipated. And that's exactly how it will go down in players' um, eyes. Whenever a company sets a standard of we're going to sell X amount of copies and it doesn't get close to it, game's dead, bad game. So we'll see how Resident Evil actually lives up to this. I definitely think it was bold for Capcom to assume how many copies the game's going to sell. I personally would never do that, but then again, I'm not a game studio. And up next, we have some sad news for the Cuphead community. Cuphead's DLC has been delayed yet again, um, basically due to COVID and some other things going on at the studio. They've made the difficult decision to push the release back of the Delicious Last Course, and they haven't given a date that it will actually release. They just said it is set to release in 2021 but again we have no actual release date there so that sucks i hate to see games get delayed but honestly if it's going to make the content better then by all means please studios delay your game if it's truly going to make a difference following that up we have assassin's creed valhalla patch adds 60 fps mode for ps5 and xbox series x so a lot like Rainbow Six Siege, basically Assassin's Creed Valhalla now has two different ways you can play the game on your next-gen console. The first is you will have your performance mode, which will allow the game to run 60 FPS consistently while not having 4K. The other is going to be your resolution mode where you are running a set 4k but you're only maintaining 30 frames per second and i said a resolution mode assassin's creed and ubisoft is calling it a quality mode so next gen players definitely be on the lookout for that again i'm always going to go for performance mode over a resolution mode um even in a game like valhalla even though it's not online i always want to see the buttery smoothness of the game and not necessarily the crisp graphics so following that we have something kind of interesting here and i'm not fully sure how this is going to work but fortnite is adding a monthly subscription service called fortnite crew basically exactly as the title states you pay monthly there is no price given for this so i do not know how much it's actually going to cost but basically what it gives you is every month it'll give you a thousand V-Bucks and the latest battle pass along with exclusive access to cosmetic bundles. So these aren't something any player has access to. You only get access to the cosmetic bundles by having the Fortnite crew pass or service, whatever you want to call that. Um, so basically... It's the Battle Pass with an extra thousand V-Bucks, and they give you exclusive stuff to their in-game store. Again, none of this is going to give you any type of strategic or competitive edge over other players in the game. This is all purely cosmetic. I don't see the point for this. I mean, obviously, Fortnite's just trying to milk money from its own players, and quite frankly, I completely understand it. But I don't see the point in this. They have their Battle Pass. I think that's good enough. And without knowing how much this is actually going to cost, I think it's just kind of a long shot to assume it's going to be the same price as their Battle Pass, especially if they're giving you a little bit extra more. I would say maybe $15, $20 a month 
But don't quote me on that again. They haven't given a specific amount that I've seen so far. But it do, but it does say that memberships will start on December 2nd. So that'll be interesting. I'd love to know how the Fortnite community feels about that one. And with that, we are moving into some oh-so-spicy Cyberpunk 2077 news. So Cyberpunk pre-orders are visibly higher than any Witcher title. And CD Projekt Red expects that pre-orders will be at least 50% of early sales. Wow, I butchered that. Okay. So, uh, Cyberpunk 2077 pre-orders are visibly higher than any Witcher title, and CD Projekt Red expects 50% of early sales to be digital. Basically, they don't expect people to go to stores and buy copies of their games. Makes sense, people can't even go to stores and buy copies of consoles. So, with that in mind, Cyberpunk has, well, CD Projekt Red has also came out and assured their investors that Cyberpunk 2077 is, quote, really, actually, definitely releasing December 10th. So, as confirmed as it can get, it's looking like this game's not going to be delayed again. Um, they've actually <laughs> um, recently released a PlayStation trailer because, for those of y'all that don't know, Somebody got an early copy of the game, streamed the first 20-30 minutes of the Nomad story, and because of that, Cyberpunk came out and said, well, they didn't say, they released a trailer of the beginning of the Nomad story just to show you how it plays with the actual day one patch to assure players that the game doesn't look as rough around the edges as the person who streamed its version did now with that being said there so if you actually look on twitter under that you have just comments on comments on comments of people pointing out glitches and bugs within the trailer that cd project red released on cyberpunk so apparently there's a point where somebody's driving the car they make a right turn and they don't touch the steering wheel and then a couple other bugs like that as well and of course all of them are like what was the point of delaying the game if bugs like this still exist so who knows if those will be addressed on the day one patch if it might get a little bit bigger to address those issues i don't know i just found that hilarious that they decided to release gameplay footage after delaying their game to fix things like that and it still had things like that so who knows where that footage actually came from if it came from before the delay if it came from after the delay we won't know until the game comes out, but CD Projekt assures us that it is coming out December 10th, and we shouldn't expect any more delays there. Following up the Cyberpunk news, we have MechWarrior 5 Mercenaries dev delays their Steam release to avoid Cyberpunk Stampede. MechWarriors 5 was released December 10th of 2019 as a timed Epic Game Store exclusive, it came out on the Microsoft Store and was made available for Xbox Game Pass for PC in May 2020. It was due to launch on Steam and um, GOG next month, but due to Cyberpunk delaying to December, 
they have decided to delay their game as well. So now it will be coming out early 2021. So this is what the fourth or fifth game that we've cop- um, discussed on our podcast where they've been moving strictly due to Cyberpunk. I think it's crazy the amount of just overall impact Cyberpunk has had on the gaming industry like this like literally so many games have delayed their release just not to compete with this so this game better live up to its hype cd project red better deliver on cyberpunk and i mean if they don't nothing's gonna happen but i just from my viewpoint i've never seen a game have this much impact and maybe somebody could correct me if i'm wrong there but yeah, the cyberpunk throwing its weight around with having no actual backup for it. Basically a poor way of saying it's all bark, no bite. <laughs> so with that, we are actually going to hop into some Star Wars Squadron news, which I find hilarious because the developers for Star Wars Squadron said they were done pushing out updates for the game and they were just going to leave it be. But yet, here we are with another update that adds a new map and then the PlayStation 5 and Xbox Series XS upgrades. They've already confirmed that next month there will be new Starfighters to come out and play with, which I find hilarious. How you say you're not going to update a game anymore and you're just going to let it be and then come back and update the games beyond me anyway great news for star wars squadron players personally i don't play it i think the starfighter assault in battlefront 2 is a lot better than star wars squadrons but personal preference that is actually going to wrap up the gaming section of this and to end the podcast again i am going to be hopping into console news and so first up Microsoft has responded to PS5 running some games better than Xbox Series X. Basically, all this chops down to is that game developers had more time with the PlayStation than they did the Xbox console, so they were able to tweak their games more to work better on the PlayStation. Honestly, give this another year, six months to a year, I'd say, and there's not going to be a substantial difference games will look better on the xbox games will load faster on the playstation that's going to be your difference moving into next gen so if you care about how your games look get an xbox if you care about how fast they load which again we're not talking anything substantial here we're talking anything from two to eight seconds faster on a playstation so yeah honestly I'm not going to tell y'all which console to get. I'm just going to supply y'all the news. And I hope y'all take my information and apply it to your own knowledge and make the best decision for you. So following Xbox's response to the PlayStation 5, we actually have Xbox praising the DualSense controller with Phil Spencer saying, I applaud what they did. Um, Truthfully, the DualSense controller is what makes the PS5 the PS5. Um, 
the console itself is great the new ui for the playstation 5 is amazing as well it's definitely an upgrade from what we've seen on the playstation 4 as compared to the xbox which still feels like you're turning on your xbox one but what really takes the cake with the playstation 5 is the dual sense controller with the haptic feedback and the um pressure sensitive triggers i don't know exactly what they're called but i mean the controller for the playstation 5 really immerses you into games like you haven't been before which is wild because all it is is just different vibrations but somehow that just makes such a huge difference as somebody who's played with the ps5 i've never used a controller that feels and responds as well as controller so big big kudos to xbox and being able to recognize that playstation made something spectacular with that controller and just being able to congratulate them for it now on to sony side of things the playstation 5 is probably their well not even probably is their biggest launch to date honestly i think the ps5 launch is bigger than the xbox series s and x launch um and yet even with that and they've had to know that going into it scalpers have managed to gather over 3500 playstation 5 consoles and sony's not doing anything about it um everybody knows that the biggest thing impacting the console release this year is the scalpers and the fact that nobody no actual true gamers can get a hold of the playstation consoles due to scalpers using bots and things like that to just hog them all there's actually been multiple reports of um scalper groups on discord just um sharing their bot accessories and quote unquote having insider information on when consoles are going to go live on where and what websites i can't tell you how true that is i'm not a part of any of those discord servers but that is talks and one group yeah has over 3500 playstation 5 consoles that they are currently trying to resell now this is taking place in the uk this specific article but i do know of similar groups here in the united states as well and truthfully i don't understand how playstation could not care about this because even though they came out and they said their playstation's for the digital version the scalpers are setting the marketplace price I mean you're seeing digital editions of the PlayStation 5 for anywhere from $800 to $1000 and then for the disc version you are seeing that go from anywhere from $1100 to $1500 which is over double the price of the console like and sony's just not doing anything about it and what sucks is that there is an easy solution to the problem and that's release the consoles in store i know everybody's gonna have a fit about that with coronavirus but 
if they just release consoles in store that immediately takes away from what the scalpers are able to do not to say they won't go show up outside of a GameStop Best Buy something like that and go pick up the console but at least then everybody has that same opportunity and I can't get mad at them for them doing that because I decided I didn't want to go out and wait in line like at that point it makes it equal to everybody when you're doing online only releases the person with the faster internet and in this case, the bots are going to win because what they do is they set up auto refreshes. So every two to five seconds, whatever they decide to set it at, their page will refresh. And then they also have a bot that can automatically take them through checkout and everything. So they don't actually have to be around for when the drops go live. They just have to have their place or their PlayStation, LOL, their PC on and it's ready to go. They have it set up. So... I think this whole scalpers with over 3,500 consoles like Sony, just release them in store. Just release them in store. Immediately you are taking away that supply and demand aspect the scalpers have. Because now it is equal opportunity for everybody to go get one. I know I've been condemning scalpers a lot. YouTubers, I have something at YouTube. My new favorite thing recently has been watching YouTubers complain about how scalpers have been reselling over 3,500 consoles and just scalping consoles and reselling them on Facebook Marketplace, Lego, eBay, so on and so forth. But when you watch those YouTube videos, the same YouTuber then starts out the video with a PlayStation 5 giveaway. Like, you are also the problem here. And let me explain why. Because either they got two copies of the console, or they were given one from Sony. Both aspects of that are just wrong. People, A, you shouldn't be able to get put more than one in your cart to begin with. You shouldn't be able to, when it's online only, you should be able to get one and one alone. If you live in a multi-person household, so you want to get one for both your kids, or maybe you want one and you want to get one for your kids as well, have fun trying to get two. And truthfully, that's just, in my opinion, how it should be. I know a lot of y'all probably won't agree with that, but limiting the number you can put in your cart at once limits scalpers from getting 3500 Now, the flip side of that coin. Sony giving out PlayStations when they are coming out and doing reports saying they don't have enough supply to meet demand, and yet they have enough supply to continually give YouTubers copies of the console to give away. Yeah, no, I don't, YouTubers, I don't want to go through your Gleam account and follow your Twitch, your Twitter, your YouTube, your Instagram. Nobody wants to do all that just to get a console. They're going to do it because they want a console, but if you are actually the oh good go-hearted YouTuber that you say you are and you want the best person to get it, just have an email list, have a comment, make them be like, okay, like this video, comment, I'll pick one random winner. Nobody wants to go through your gleam. Trust me, nobody from your audience likes you enough to follow you on all of those social media things. I promise you, it's just not the case. And so for Sony to continually provide YouTubers with consoles to give away or for YouTubers 
repeatedly buying consoles from online to give away, both of those are just redundancies to the problem they are complaining about and in turn makes them hypocrites. So YouTubers, if you have an extra copy of the PlayStation 5, just find somebody to give it to. Just give it away. Don't make us jump through hurdles. Don't say, oh, I'm going to have this month-long promotion. And at the end of it, you have a chance to win. Because, let's be real, nobody cares. At this point, you are milking the audience because you know it is something they want. And they will jump through all those hurdles to get it. And I, nor other people, should not support you and should condemn you just as much as they are condemning the scalpers out there. And so with that, like I said, this was going to be a short episode. That's going to wrap it up. I appreciate y'all listening and tuning in to the Gaming Reassembled podcast. And we'll see y'all next time.